Welcome to Monday Matters, August 2nd, 2021. I am your host, Nancy Gill. I apologize for not getting Friday forward out last week, but without power and no intermittent service, well, it was quite a week we had in the greater Scottsville area. Today's episode is all about that storm. In the words of many who were walking around town on Thursday, they had never seen damage like this, even with the famous Scottsville floods. I had a chance to catch up with Jack Maxwell via text and email. He graciously sent me the work he did on storm data. I will be speaking with him later this week on what made him so interested in the weather and on his nonprofit. On Thursday of last week, I had the opportunity to talk with Thomas Unsworth by the library. For those who don't know Thomas, he is the town clerk and serves on the James Madison Regional Library's Board of Directors. You will hear his words in the audio part of this podcast. Today, Matt Lawless, our town administrator, stopped by to discuss the public safety element of this storm, the cleanup effort, and any hot topics coming up in town council meetings. Summer 2021 has not been restful for our elected and appointed officials, as well as town staff. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Nancy. So I wish that I had spoken with you yesterday as um, you were standing out in front of the library. So tell me first what happened there. Uh, Well, the library had um, several significant tree falls, a large portion of the central leader of the willow oak uh, on the east side of the library came down and broke the picnic table and one of the streetlights. Uh, but no damage to the building uh, on that side. Um, a small pine tree, uh, along with several others that fell in the uh, yard on the west side of the building, um, one of those did land on the roof and put a hole through it. So uh, the library was closed yesterday and they as well as they clean up uh, some water damage and repair the roof and get everything back to working order. A lot of trees came down um, also on the adjoining property that seemed to have impacted the library side yard. Yeah, that's that west side of the building that um, three or four trees uh, fell through their yard and like you say, some onto the adjacent property as well. Um, a lot of the trees seemed to fall in a south-southwest direction mm-hmm. uh, and fortunately that took most of them away from the building. I think if that had been a little bit more to the southeast, three or four of those trees would have landed on the roof. It could have been much worse. So, well, well, I think, <laughs> I think with maybe a small branch falling on a porch roof, um, you know, something like like that but this was the only building that was hit directly by a tree in the town of Scottsdale. Uh, uh, certainly the most significant one that I was aware of. I saw a few other trees that came down across porch roofs and some things that leaned up on outbuildings and, and stuff like that but uh, yeah that I'm aware of this is the only one that uh, a tree actually penetrated either the structure. Yeah. You also talked to me about two very specific trees in Scottsville that suffered damage. Uh, yes unfortunately we, we are lucky enough here in Scottsville to have uh, the largest lace bark elm tree in the state of Virginia uh, at the top of Page Street and the second largest Siberian elm tree in the state of Virginia, uh, both as recorded on Virginia text, listing of big trees in the state. And unfortunately, both of those um, had some significant damage to the top of them uh, as well. Uh, I don't know what the upshot is that is for either of them. Um, hopefully, uh, nothing too serious that can't be tabled 
place, but uh, I imagine the next time those trees are measured for the audit, they might slide a few spots down the rank yeah, because of it. That's unfortunate. Um, and, sure and another rather, I think, distressing story you, you passed on yesterday was about birds. Yeah, that was one of the more unpleasant parts of the cleanup for me. I cleaned about 30 dead birds off of the uh, sidewalks going down Valley Street and all, a dozen more or so as I walked around town. Uh, I suspect the hail was the culprit there, but uh, that was a very sad and unfortunate um, aftermath of the storm that came through. Was there any specific species that um, stood out the most? Uh, hard to tell. Um, I'm, I'm no expert at identifying, and uh, most of the ones that I cleaned up off of Valley Street were very young and just starting to feather out as oh. well, uh, which for me, oh, for so me made identification even harder. So, um, yeah, certainly our, our uh, bird population here in town for the uh, late summer took a bit of a hit there. Yeah. Was there anything else that you noticed other than your parents' um, umbrella going up <laughs> into the wind? And I think you also said their chimney cap. Yeah, I their chimney cap off in front of the uh, library next door. Um, uh, now the thing that stood out to me the most, of course, was the, the wonderful spirit of people here in town. Uh, one of those times when you meet new neighbors and see people you haven't seen in a while because of the pandemic. Um, everybody was out and about being as well as they could. Uh, that was really heartwarming. Yeah, that that's always been the case, I, I think, here in Scottsville. And I spoke with Teresa, who, um, she, she's a nurse at UVA, and she actually helped um, We Grow move things because she wanted to make sure they could reopen tomorrow. Well, I hope um, most of our businesses on Valley Street can get back up that quickly um, and have been getting that kind of help. We, I know, saw several businesses that had uh, inundation of water coming in from the back of the stores uh, going down Valley Street there. So lots of trouble all around town, uh, but a lot of uh, good neighborly help as well. Yeah. Well, that's a really nice note to leave this on. Um, and you're the first phone interview I've done and that I've had to like rig this up because <laughs> Well, it's an honor, Nancy. I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person. Uh, I hope the audio works out well for you. That, that's great. I think it's, it, according to my levels, it looks pretty darn good. Wonderful. So thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. Nice to catch up. Yes, and what a shock you must have had coming back from vacation. Welcome home. We yes. had quite a week here. Oh, so, um, How does this rank of storms around Scottsville in your experience? I've never seen anything like it here. I've never seen anything like this. And, you know, Lang Mason, he, how many times did he say, I've lived through hurricanes, I've lived through floods, and I've never seen it this bad. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, basically the downtown area. But you go out Route 6, that's unbelievable, yeah. the damage. Yeah. So... We had a busy day Thursday and Friday cleaning up from everything. That storm happened right around midnight between Wednesday and Thursday. So I went around town as soon as it stopped raining. The first, the first response was Scottsville and North Garden uh, fire departments checking on the Piedmont Housing Alliance apartments at Scottsville School. Well, that's good. They had a flooding call, and that uh -huh. got everyone's full attention of basement apartment flooding. It was just a little bit of water in the basement apartments, you know, shot back it out, replaced carpets, so not flood flood like Titanic steerage. Um, but they were here quick with a full complement of volunteers, and I so appreciate that. Wow. Well, I know the wind was so fierce that I had water coming in from under my front and my back. Door. Yep. If ever somebody's roof was going to leak, it was this last week. Yeah, mine's fine. Good. <laughs> That's how you find out. 
Anyway, so tell me about some of the damage that the businesses suffered. Um, looking at uh, uh, stormwater runoff into first floor shop fronts, uh, especially along Valley Street where the backs of the buildings go up to Harrison and are a little higher. They had stormwater flow that came into the back of the shops. So you saw businesses getting um, opened up, moving inventory out, dry out a floor. There were a couple of old leaky roofs uh, in historic buildings that took on some water too. So service master trucks are around, inventory getting moved, but um, uh, no broken windows that I can see. And uh, most everybody was back open on Saturday. They had 48 hours to recover. Well, I know that WeGrow had a flooded floor. And, That's right. And people were just helping them so they mm-hmm. could reopen on Saturday. We saw lots of volunteers with chainsaws, um, lots of helping hands. Um, even the, the Friends of Esmont came down on Saturday to the uh, Scottsville School Apartments uh, to move a bunch of the brush that was down around there. How many people from Esmont do you think came down? Uh, that was a team of about 10. That's, that's phenomenal. Absolutely. Neighbors showing up to help each other. Yeah. No, that's, I think that is really one of the best things about Scottsville and our relationship mm-hmm. to Esmont. That was my chance to meet a few of the neighbors that um, I had only spoken with online because the, the Esmont community meetings have been Zoom-based, and this was a good kind of uh, getting out back in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. So... The assistant producer here. Yes, um, Jeff Buckingham is always hanging out in the studio. So that's him in the background. So on um, Saturday, how many trucks of brush do you think you hauled off? Oh, we did six. Six pickup loads of brush out from around the Scottsville School. Okay. And uh, got to talk with a few of the residents and PHA staff. Uh, nice to be able to pitch in there. Yeah. I talked with Thomas. He filled me in on the library and the birds. Um, just a sad story about the birds, but that's in his podcast. Mm-hmm. So as we move forward, I know we have an emergency evacuation. What if this had even been more serious than it was? How would that have worked out? The first thing that I was checking was um, flash flood levels. Right. Uh-huh. The, in this in this. Event, event, we had three inches of rain, four inches of rain in pretty short order, but the river level was low. So it all flooded down through. We didn't have a flood control activation. Um, if the river had been up higher, uh, this turns into a real serious event. Um, but that's the kind of water level that our pump system can barely handle. And we use that million gallons of overflow storage. Now the flood control pumps don't need electricity. Even in a, a strong wind that knocks out power, they run on diesel and that's a separate system. Um, so we, we have those emergency plans, get the roster out, run the pumps. Even with no power, we can do that. And then if we're triggering evacuations, it's a combination of text message alerts through the code red system. So if you're not signed up for that, please do. Um, An emergency siren does an audible alert. Um, I don't know that you would have heard it over the hail uh, (laughs) that that last uh, Wednesday night, Thursday though. And then um, uh, community volunteers going door to door. So we've got laminated maps of this is the evacuation zone and and volunteers can go door to door on evacuation notices if we have to. So I know that um, the county sort of ran the emergency type uh, location out of the rescue squad. They they uh, launched what they call a coordinated command center, which is, is a, a break room that puts all of um, all of the incident commanders in one place. So um, myself, the fire battalion chief, um, and the police captain on duty, along with a couple of other volunteer officers, the Stony Point assistant chief came down to help us that day, just to be in one place with all of our equipment plugged in so we can talk to each other and and work a scene together. And how did that tie in with our own police department? Um, easy to to send text messages back and forth, drive back and forth. So 
our, our local staff from town police chief to the VDOT crew chief in the area, they all pass through that command center over the day. We get a building that's not in the affected area, but close enough to it that it still has its utilities and it's easy to get on scene from there. Yeah, I think the only problem getting out there was all of the trees that were across six. Yes, <laughs> getting to and from on six uh, took a couple hours to get clear, but they had a clear path from Langhorn. So coming from Charlottesville, it was easy to get to. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so we've lived through yet another storm here in Scottsville. What's on the agenda for tonight's planning commission meeting? Today is a planning commission meeting and not, not too exciting. There's no new applications. Um, so it's a little bit of a summertime breather and a catch up and preparing meeting. It's the, um, it's the grand finale for Annie Wiedis' graduate internship. Um, she's been helping us from VCU's Master's of Planning program for the summer. And so she's going to present her, her findings on other suggested zoning updates. Um, in particular, some ideas around uh, planned unit development ordinance. This is an idea that the town has engaged in the past, but not gone ahead with. And it came up uh, in our public hearings uh, a couple of months ago. Maybe this is a good time to think on that. So it'll be refreshing the issue for new planning commission members. And I'm glad to have um, Annie's outside expertise on the issue as well. Uh, no, that, that would be very important because when we did have that, people called it the PUD or the PUD, and it was not accepted here because they just felt developers were coming in and taking over everything. And, you know, that's not the case. I don't see it that way. It gives it gives the highest level of control. Um, there's no by right development. Everything is by special application and we can tailor it to our local needs. So I'm, I'm suggesting putting uh, an S at the beginning of that acronym to make it, you know, Scottsville's own planned unit development ordinance, uh -huh. which is a SPUD. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll grow the SPUD the way that we want it to. Um, well, that, that's good to know. So I know that meeting back on the 21st of June was long and laborious, but you did hear a lot of good things come out of it. It set the groundwork for a lot of good more work, and, and the, the public comment really is valuable. I want folks to appreciate that, that things like the, the comment on the idea for maybe the PUD regulation is something we should look at. Um, Town Council and Planning Commission heard that, and we followed it up with a couple more months of research. We might be able to make that happen. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really good because it's so important to have the public voice in these decision makings. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, because they can't say, I didn't know about that. And why are you doing it this way? Right. Which is, you know, I, I just feel that things have come a long way with people feeling comfortable to come in and voice their concerns and opinions. It's always hard. And from, um, you know, fear of being criticized on one side to to just stage fright on the other. Um, I've been on both sides of that. And so we, we want to provide as many different ways for people to have their say as we can from comment on Facebook, coming down to a meeting and the, the, the door's always open. Yeah, it's so important. Um, so you have another work session next Monday night mm -hmm. and any hot topics there? Oh goodness. Um, Carrying forward the emergency work is one thing. Um, there was a local emergency declaration, which, which I can make in the heat of the moment, but town council needs to act on it to solidify it. So we'll do that. Um, that might be helpful for individuals and businesses making insurance claims to be able to refer it to a declared disaster. Um, I've never done that as a homeowner um, working it, but it, uh, I think it'll be helpful with your insurance company. Um, what else is coming forward from the old business? Um, myself, I'm just coming back from vacation and uh, the emergency work. So it's, it's looking okay right now. 
the DMV setup is um, another hot topic coming forward. Um, we're finishing up that renovation in the office. Um, all of the new DMV staff started work today, so we'll be training, finishing up the space, and uh, opening the DMV on Monday, the 16th of August, here in two weeks. Well, I thought I was not going to be here, but I will be. Here, here. So I'm actually very pleased that I can attend. Unfortunately, I had to get my tags another for way. July. Oh, well. <laughs> Don't want to anyway, ride around illegal there. Is so, there anything else around town that of interest? Town Council has a decision on VDOT projects. Um, back in the fall of 2019, we applied for some sidewalk improvement money, um, kind of consistent with our West Downtown plan, improving sidewalks on Harrison and Bird Street, mm -hmm. sort of connecting the farmer's market to the library. Um, so we won that grant. VDOT has um, announced the award of $320,000 for sidewalk construction, but we had to take a timeout on it while we did our COVID response. And now that contract is back up for consideration. Construction prices have gone up, mm -hmm. so we're a little worried about can we manage the cost on this. So council needs to make a go-no-go -go decision with VDOT whether to get under contract. So that'll probably be the big discussion item for work session and then council meeting. It's on deadline, so it's time to uh, make a decision about whether this is a good deal for the town or whether it's too much of a risk of cost overrun. Yeah, it's a tough one mm -hmm. because it's good in one way, but if it's going to cost the town more than $80,000, you have to really think about that. That's one. right. The town's match is 80000 and we're on the hook for cost overruns. So making sure that we can manage it effectively and not um, not spend too much. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Absolutely. For coming by and um, you I got, hope you, you got a great You got a great team here. <laughs> He's the entertainment, the, the greeter. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Um, I'll get this out tonight. It's a little bit late this time, but you know what? I wanted to get this storm, more storm coverage and photographs and Jack Maxwell's maps and everything so people can really see the extent of damage. It just wasn't downtown. Well, it I'm was far reaching. All over. Um, it was great to see everybody come together. I'm glad everybody's okay. And we have, uh, we have power and internet back so that you can do your good work. It's a good thing. How about it? Thank you so much, Matt. Thank Thank you, Betsy. Cool. I will be back on Friday Matters with Betsy Payton, who is with Well Aware, and Maggie Snotty, our infamous sign lady. Movie on Saturday in the Victory Hall parking lot. Ice cream social and launch party at the Farmer's Market Pavilion on Sunday, August 8th from 4 to 6 for Well Aware. Have a great week.